Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Virginia, have you survived your fall event this year? <laughs> yes, we have. We have. Um, and we have um, the architect of our fall event here with us um, to be interviewed. We're actually not talking about that necessarily, but um, we have a guest um, who we're going to be talking with today. Her name is Shelly. She is the um, children's director at the church where I also serve, or I serve as the preschool director. Um, she has been at our... Well, well, she's been at the church for how many years? 20 ish? 23. 23 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've been on staff for nine in the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super excited for our conversation today. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we are so glad you're here with us. And I have to say, the topic of conversation today is one of my very favorites. And I know we say that a lot, so I, I, I <laughs> probably need to qualify it. But one of the things that I have spent most of my ministry when I've been working with children's ministers is to help them see the importance of having a vision and a curriculum plan and, you know, really kind of look at the ministry as a whole, because so many times the urgent takes over the important. And we've said that phrase a bunch as we've been talking over the last couple of months, but you know, there's just, it's, there's an event after an event after events and and you have emergencies and families and things that go on and volunteers and all that come with it. And so it's really easy to get so caught up in programming that we kind of forget why we're doing what we're doing and what we want to accomplish. And so I am super excited that you're here to talk with us about that today. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm excited too, because it sure has helped me to to put this in perspective in our ministry. Uh, If we don't have a plan and a purpose in what we're doing, then how do we know what to do to accomplish that plan? Mm, Yes. And so so Shelly um, has gone through a pretty intensive process over the years of, um, well, the church went through a process of writing a mission and vision. Shelly created a mission and vision for the preschool and children's ministry and really used that to sort of guide um, the ministries, the activities, the planning of the children's ministry. And so um, we're just going to kind of launch into that. Can you tell us a little bit of the story of this process behind the church as a whole um, rewriting a mission and a vision. Yes. Yeah. Let me, um, let me back up a little bit with that story before I get there. Um, just one of the big things, um, that I can tell you the very first time that we ever visited Pine Terrace, we, um, we walked in and everybody knew what to do. I mean, we had been searching for a church um, for years, for especially for our daughter. Uh, you know, we want her to grow up in a, in a great place that's going to have all of these really good things for kids and as they grow up. And so as a parent, you want to get that right. And we walked in 
well, actually, we didn't even get in the door. We were greeted outside um, by, and I know who it was. She had on her pretty pink suit and um, she, you know, who, who are you? Um, whoever is standing with her is, is taking us and telling us about the, the preschool and everything that goes on in preschool and how do you check them in and what do we do and when do you pick up? I mean, just telling us the whole story. We get to preschool, they check her in and we get her to the class. They want to know how can we help your daughter um, have a great day and, you know, just all the things and we get to service and everybody is coming around talking, all of these people just asking questions, you know, where are you from? Like, how did you, how did you find Pine Terrace? How did you, you know, all these different things, just getting to know you. And before we could get out of the, the doors there, the preacher, our pastor was there to greet us. We got invited to Sunday school. I mean, we weren't even planning to stay. So, I mean, all of this was just like, bam, bam, bam. And, and we got out of Sunday school and went to pick up our daughter. And the thing that just, just sealed the deal for the day was that the, the lady and gentleman who had received us when we got back there knew it was our first day. And they stayed with our daughter because she clung to that, that particular guy that was in there and she just didn't want him to leave. And so they stayed because they knew that, that they wanted us to have a great day at church. And I mean, we left here knowing that that was the church we wanted to be at because everything, there was such an electricity in this place when we walked in the door that you just wanted to be a part of it. You wanted to be a part of it. And people all over the, the, the community were talking about this church, you know, either they went to the church or they've gone to an event at the church. And I mean, it was just, people were just talking and it was just like the place to go. And so um, we came in in 1999, we ended up joining the church here. Um, Both of our kids have grown up here. Um, But I was asked to be on staff in 2013 as the children's minister or children's director. And they had never had one before. So this was brand new for me, you know, trying to rebuild this ministry and or build it from the ground up and not really knowing, you know, what I was doing. I didn't feel like, but in 2014, um, we had gone through the process of having a big um, event, a big push to build a new, a new building And we were in it and it was kind of like we were in this lull, like what's the next step now? You know, we've grown, we've done all of these things. And so we went into the process of what we called a strategic uh, day of clarity in 2014. And um, basically what that was is they, we called in people who had started, you know, were, were founding members of the church Uh, We called in strategic leaders of the church. We had people here from the state to come in and help us. But we all gathered up in a room all day long and just Mm -hmm. talked about um, the health of the church, um, Mm -hmm. our turning points, changes of leadership, how it affected us. Hurricane Ivan, I mean, how that really affected our church, Um, our ministries we've added, our outreaches and finances, the whole thing. And just what was working, what wasn't. And we tried to take that day and just kind of, you know, actually, I think they drew a target up on the thing. Like, where 
what are we aiming for? What is the next step of Pine Terrace? And that was just, um, we knew that one of the things that came out of that day was that we needed to be able to articulate our vision and our mission to our people in a way and put that back in front of them so that we could all get back to that point of just, you know, that electricity that we felt because it was kind of waning. There's so many things that had happened during that time and, and um, you could feel the change that was happening. And so it was just a way to try to get us all back on the same page. It's, it's amazing to hear that your church staff, that your leadership is willing to do that because mm-hmm. how often leaders don't want to find out what's not working or they don't want mm-hmm. to have those honest conversations about how things are really going and really evaluate it because it's almost like they're afraid of what they might find out. So they want to avoid those conversations as much mm-hmm. as possible. So the fact that your church staff came together with that sole purpose of looking at the ministry as a whole is huge. It's wonderful. Yes, it was. And it was, it was a great day just being able to sit in there and listen to these people who had been there since day one mm-hmm. and just you know, how they got on board with that vision of the, of the church at that time and, and how far we had come even to that point. It was just being a part of that was a turning point for me because it just kind of reset my focus into saying, hey, you know, I want to make sure that I get this right. I can't even begin to, to describe our, our leaders and our pastor just sitting through there and listening to all the things that they said that day. So let's do a little bit of maybe like terminology definitions. Um, And there are lots of different ways to define mission and vision for churches (laughs) or for organizations. Um, How, how did the church at that time define mission and define vision and how were they using those words? Our original vision statement that we, then we already had all of this in place prior to that day. So let me just clarify that to begin with. So our mission, what we were trying to do is, you know, what are we doing? The big idea, like what, what is the thing that we were trying to accomplish and we we had all of that. We just had it was it was a really long statement that we needed to kind of condense down. And so we at the end of that day and through some other meetings that we had, we were able to do that. And then the vision, the big dream, like what is it? Where is God taking our church? Like right. what what is it the the big thing that we want him to do? If we do all of these other things right, where are we going to go? So that was kind of um, the things that we looked at during that time. I really like that. Every ministry is different and we all can't reach everyone and we can't do everything. So you have Mm -hmm. to really look at your community, your ministry, what your, what you have been called to do and -hmm. really be able to focus in on that. Because if we try to be too broad, it it will kill us because it's too much to do. So you have to, narrow it down. And so you guys Mm -hmm. were very smart to do that. Well, and I just remember them saying to, you know, if you can't articulate that to someone who's standing in front of you, Mm -hmm. then they're never going to be able to articulate it to anyone else. So it has to be short. It has to be 
um, it has to be truthful. I mean, it has to be on point and to make it memorable. So do you mind to go ahead and share um, the mission and vision with us for the church? Oh, no, no, I don't mind at all. So um, I don't remember what our mission vision was before that. I just remember it was a very long sentence. And that's the whole point. You couldn't remember I it. Just too long. <laughs> I, I couldn't have told you. So, uh, but what it became was guiding people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Right. So, and, and I can say that, and we can say that from the pulpit and people will, will remember that. But our vision um, was also kind of shortened down a little bit and it became transforming our community for Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, those are the two things that, like I said, we had a few meetings after that with just the staff and stuff, but um, a lot of the things that came out of that meeting besides just that we we've been able to accomplish because we knew what our next steps were. So that was, that was really good. So the church has this big picture vision of um, fully devoted followers of Christ and transforming the community. So how do you take that and then um, apply it to the preschool and children's ministry specifically? How do we take this big church vision and then kind of hone it in and zoom it in on our ministries? Well, (laughs) let me tell you. So what we did, I was challenged to do this by um, our our youth pastor at the time. He's going through his master's degree. And I don't know if this was his homework and he was just, (laughs) I'm not really sure. He was just sharing uh, it with you. (laughs) He was was sharing it. He was making sure. And, you know, but the real, the real deal is, and I, and I think he did this for his ministry too, but you can really tell during that time that our ministry started growing. But what he challenged me to do was to take our mission and vision statement and to look at that in our ministry and figure out how, what are we doing in our children's ministry that is going to get us to this point? And I never thought of it before that, honest to goodness. But so what, what I did was I, I used, um, Oh, there's a term for it. I didn't take it word for word, but I did kind of clarify in children's term what that would look like. So um, whatever our so our mission in in kids ministry is instead of uh, guiding people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, our mission in kids ministry became our mission for kids ministry is to help foster strong spiritual foundations so that kids will want to become fully devoted followers of Christ. I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) So, and then the, um, you know, it goes on, we have our, our mission and our values. Now our values are what shapes the culture, you know, the church, Mm -hmm. those are the things that we're going to do. Well, our values, we looked at that in keeping with what we had, our values in kids ministry became leading kids to faith in Christ experiencing life together, teaching biblical truth, worshiping God, and demonstrating a love for others. So, I mean, our our values are like, why are we doing what we're doing? Okay. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing what we're doing? And then if you look at how we measure that, what does it look like when you have a kid in this particular area of our church that is following these things? And so that became... Let me let me read the churches first. This is this is our churches. A fully devoted follower of Christ 
is in the process of disengaging from the American dream in order to be led by Jesus to grab hold of any advance of God's kingdom at any cost. So basically, you know, whatever it takes is what an adult is going to do. So in putting that in kids terms, what I did was a kid who is fully devoted, who's a fully devoted follower of Christ is aware that God has a special plan for their life. They have a desire to learn to be more like Jesus through praying, serving, giving, inviting others, and participating in the work of the church. Because if they do this as a kid, as a child, then this is the kind of person they're going to grow into. So I'm just trying to think of it as like a little step ladder. You know, if if they're doing this in kids ministry and we're giving them this foundation and if youth is doing the same thing, and if our adults are doing the same thing, I mean, by the time they become adults, hopefully they're not going to be like those kids who are going to leave the church. They're actually going to be engaged and involved in that kind of thing. So, um, but the strategy of it, and that's not really on our on our vision statement, but our strategy was the other thing. And, and how do you, as as a kid's leader, what are, what are you going to do to accomplish all of this stuff to get right. that transforming our community for Christ? So if we are in kids ministry, teaching and encouraging salvation and baptism, if we're encouraging involvement in connections, which is Sunday school and age appropriate discipleship, which we mm-hmm. do through Wednesday night programs and other things, And if we're creating opportunities where our kids have an opportunity to give, to invite others to come to church, to serve, and to learn through other ministries in our church. So we want our kids to be involved in other things that our church is doing, you know, and they can learn through those as well. But we have to make sure that we're creating opportunities for them to be involved in that. So that's kind of where all of that came from. Um, We just kind of, I just kind of did a, it's not really a restatement, but I just wanted to make sure that we clarified for our kids ministry what that was going to look like to have adults that come out of our church that are that are involved in that way. Well, I think that's really important because the way you approach a child and looking at their spiritual growth is very different than the way that you're going to look at a youth in theirs or an adult. But I do love the way that your youth minister and you were working together to do that, Virginia and I have talked before about the importance of making sure there's this transition from preschool mm. into children, yes. into youth that Absolutely. flows well so that you're building on this foundation and preparing right. them. And so you guys have really taken that to heart. And that's really very cool to see. All right. Well, let's talk about applying this mission and vision. Um, So as you are applying this mission and this vision, um, let's start with calendaring, events, programming. How did it affect your events and your programming? After I had been doing this for several years, and honestly, let's see, I wrote this in 2015, and I've since articulated it just a little bit better. But um, we had a time where I invited, I just really, I prayed about it. These are people I never would have chosen had I just went out and, and sought them myself. But I prayed about who God would put as a team to help me make sure that kids ministry was on track, doing all the things that we were supposed to be doing. So um, there were seven women who were sitting in that, in that 
room with me that night and we went through, I, we shared this. Um, I shared my heart. You know, this is where I want to go. I was ready to listen to the things that I was doing wrong and that needed help. And so we, we put these big post-it notes up on the wall and we talked about what was working well in kids ministry, what needed to be taken away from kids ministry. Um, you know, who are leaders that we need to invite to be part of kids ministry. I mean, we just kind of went through the whole thing that night, but um, basically we, we nixed some things that did not line up with, with this particular vision. Like if it, if it didn't hit at least one or two of these things, we just kind of took it out because I mean, you can waste a lot of time just being busy doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's not that that's wrong, but we want to make sure that we're spending our energy on the right, right. Things. So, um, so many times events in the church can become almost sacred because we've always done them. Yes, even to yes, the point yes. where they really don't make a lot of sense right. or they're even things that that families can get from other places that aren't biblically focused or spiritually focused. And so we, we tend to want to hold on to these things because we've always done it. And to really take that honest look of, okay, these are all the things we offer to our families. Now, how Mm -hmm. do they fit? Which vision statement, which mission, part of the mission, which part of our vision does each one of these categories fit into? And then be honest to be able to say, you know, this, this really doesn't meet anything that we're trying Mm -hmm. to do with our kids. Yeah, we call them the golden calves. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a good name. I've been here for so long, and sometimes you just have to sacrifice it and right. just do away with the thing. So, um, but we 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 did use a um, a little strategy. We had a hand, and we had a clock, and then we had I don't remember what our other little symbol was. But first of all, we took the ministries; they had to line up with this. Second of all, um, we looked at the time the timing of the events. Did we need to change the times? Because sometimes you are competing with other things that are going on at the church. And if you are doing a big event and you want it to be done well, you need to make sure that you're not tiring out all of your volunteers who are doing 80% of the work because they're still the 20% of the volunteers that we right. used to do our stuff too. Right? right. But, um, but we need to make sure that we are not overlapping a, a great youth event that might be going on, you know, at that same time or whatever. So we looked at the timing and also with that to make sure that we had some margin in our own lives. I mean, I, I don't want to do a big event after I come off of PBS week. <laughs> Right. I don't want to do that. No, Um, you don't want to do that. And the leaders don't want to do that either because they're just as exhausted too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so we, we looked at the timing and the other thing was, is um, the hands were, is it mission minded? Like what are, are we creating opportunities for our kids to be doing missions and participating in some of these other things because sometimes we might we might have a great idea for a ministry but if the church is already doing something that's outreaching to the community how can we get our kids involved in that particular thing so that they can do that as well with their parents watch them serve together those kinds of things Um, one of the things that came out of this meeting was uh, something we did at fall fest which was we incorporated the um, plan of salvation in a scavenger walk, scavenger mm-hmm. hunt. And um, 
I mean, that came from this because we're thinking we've got all of these people here on our campus and they are giving us the gift of their information. (laughs) So, you know, how can we, how can we do something that is going to make sure that these people are not just giving us that for no reason, that we're actually putting it with something so that they get to hear the gospel before they ever leave. And, and that was part of something that we added because it needed to be, it needed to fall in line with our vision statement. So, you know, just little things that you either take away or you put in just kind of depending on, on the situation. So So how did you handle um, any pushback over some of these changes as you are maybe substantially changing or even outright removing um, some of these ministries or some of these golden calves? It was hard. I mean, some of it was hard because, you know, some people just, they don't understand, you know, we've always done it this way. I have, I have pictures from my child doing this and, and now my second child's not going to have this opportunity, but you know, I, I've just tried to change the way that I speak about our ministries. I've tried to change my language a little bit and try to help them see that we have these, these goals in mind. And that was just one of those things that, that didn't make the mark. It doesn't mean that we can't do it in the future if we can figure out a way to make it work. And sometimes it's just the timing of it all together, you know, but I think it's just trying to help people see a different perspective because you can get so focused on this thing that you've done forever. And um, I mean, we've, we've changed VBS. Um, We've changed a lot, made a lot of changes with that, but it's like every time you make a change, you're going to get pushed back and you might as well just be ready for that. It's going to happen. But if, as long as you, as this is how I see it, I, if I have prayed over this event and I have surrounded myself with people who agree with the fact, you know, how we're doing it, people that I trust, people that um, are wise and all of that kind of thing, then I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to trust God to change it. And I'm going to trust him to help me um, navigate through all of those things that may or may not happen. I'm just going to trust him to do that because nine times out of 10, every time that we change something, there's more good that comes out of it than not. And I just kind of have to keep my, my mind on that goal because you know, in any ministry, you're going to have the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. And, um, but I, I feel like when things are prayed over and, and we know that that's where God is leading us, then I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to lead us there and, you know, just kind of let, everything else fall where it may. (laughs) Well, because ultimately that's, that's the responsibility of your leadership is that you have been called by God to do this. And he's given you this wisdom and these, these things that, that he has called for you to do. And so sometimes we have to find that way to speak the truth in love to people to say, Mm -hmm. you know, we know that this is important to you, but I have to look at the ministry as a whole And what is best for the whole ministry sometimes has to take precedence over, you know, the desires of the few. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really hard conversation to have, but it's, it's one of those that we all have to have at some point or another to let people know that we're doing what God's called us to do. And it's my responsibility to make sure we're following that. Yes. And one of the big lessons I had to learn early on is, you know, you cannot 
make everybody happy. Oh no, you, you never you cannot make everybody can't. happy. And right. it's and I've tried. I've I've tried to do it before. I mean, and I've and like I said, I've had a lot of tears. <clears> and <throat> there's just a lot of you know because it it is hard. It is hard because you want to do the right thing for everybody. And right. You want to make you everybody, do. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but but this this has been the thing that's kind of kept me coming back to it, staying on track, making sure that, that what we're doing is lining up with this. So. Right. And I like that. I like you talking about changing your language. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like the way, you know, cause people, whenever they do have concerns or <laughs> frustrations about changes, you know, they come in with one set of language. Why are you ruining this wonderful thing? You know, and, and being um, intentional in the language that we use, having the language of our mission and vision to call back on. Um, and then also relaying those changes multiple times in multiple ways and trying to like really communicate the changes in a constructive way and then communicate them over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. well, and that communication is key because if, if you don't share the reasons behind it, <laughs> then then people aren't going to understand mm-hmm. why these changes have been made. And they do kind of get that emotional reaction. And, yeah. and like you said before, nine times out of 10, once they hear your reasons, mm, yes. a light bulb goes on and they go, oh, you know, I never thought about that. And they realize <laughs> why you're making these decisions. But it takes a little bit of conversation because we have these initial emotional responses to things that yeah. we have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. One of the, <clears throat> when I say change my language to the other thing with that, it was just, I knew that if there was a big change that I was going to make, I was going to draw in all of my leaders early and try to go ahead and start preparing them for this, you know, and mm-hmm. lead them along mm-hmm. and give them that information of why we're changing it. So that, right. I mean, because if you have more people invested in it, Yes. It makes the whole thing a lot mm-hmm. easier to do. That was a big deal, especially with some of the things um, when we had to change from from VBS in 2020. We had to make a whole lot of changes, you know, but right. it's yeah. the communication to your people on a consistent basis that kind of if you can keep them focused mm-hmm. and have that vision, too then that makes that transition go a whole lot smoother than if you're coming in at the last minute changing big things. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want are, are your leaders to be having the conversation with everybody else. Oh, I don't know why that was done, or I don't know what was going on, or I didn't know anything <laughs> about it either. You know, you yeah. want them out there in, you know, in during service, right. you know, in between right. to be able to say, oh, no, this is why we're doing that. So that yes. it, it helps it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because they can, they can certainly be, um, great advocates for you if they know what's going on. <laughs> yes, yes. They sure can. They sure can. So, and you know, I mean, the other thing too, language is powerful. You look at the Tower of Babel and how the confusion and the chaos of not speaking the same language. And then you look at Pentecost where everybody was and there's, there's power in everybody being able to understand what you're saying. So if you mm-hmm. can do it well and do it early. That's right. what our pastor used to say, communicate well, communicate early mm-hmm. and just communicate in many, many different ways. And right. um, 
if you can get them on your on board with what you're doing, it sure does make things easier. It does. So you said that you kind of started this process several years ago where you set your vision, where you set your mission and all of these sort of things that, that started changing. How do you evaluate how well you think you are staying true to the things that you set as a guideline? Do you have a review process throughout you know, the year at some, in some way, or do you get back together as a group? What's something that you do to, to make sure you're staying on track? The preschool director and I would get together. We would, we would normally have a planning session for all of our ministerial staff and do that. But prior to that, that week, we would get together and we would put all of our post-it notes back on the wall and say, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, we, this is what we've done this past year. This worked really well. This was a flop. (laughs) You know, nobody attended this, this, you know, have or whatever. We would talk about all of them. And then we would start with whatever parts we had to plan. And we Mm -hmm. would say, you know, if we could do this in an optimal time, when would we choose it? And how do we need to change it? Those kinds of things. So it was more like a, a, we used that time when we knew that we were going to have to plan with everybody else so that we could walk into that meeting with a good idea of what we wanted to do, what kind of changes we were going to make and why Um, we kind of did that together. Our team, our team doesn't meet as often as we used to, but we do still pray at noon every day (laughs) for our, our, our ministries and our volunteers And I do still call them from time to time for wisdom, but we have not had another big meeting like that since probably 2019 because 2020 was just. Oh, the last few years. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We, we undid everything we had ever done and put it all back together (laughs) that year. So I mean, we, and, but you know what, here's the thing about 2020 though. And I know it was a rough year for everybody, but we found out that we can still do really effective ministry doing less than what we had been before. So, so when we came back in 2021 and started putting things on the calendar, it was, it was a more thoughtful process. Very intentional Um, in the way you were looking at. It was very intentional. So um, I think that that kind of helped us learn a few lessons that year. I think that that's one of the neat things that God, I think has taught us through this whole entire pandemic and the situation that we've gone through in the last couple of years is that he is still in control and he is still powerful enough to be able to work in any circumstance that we're placed in. And so when we are able to see how our ministries were still able to reach people and to minister to people and to find unique and new ways to us that God was like, wait, you know, there's, there's other options here. There's ways for you to still meet, you know, this, this call Mm -hmm. with different types of media, different types of opportunities. And so, yes, yes. One of the neat things that came out of that, that year though, was VBS. We did it at home. And, you know, so many parents don't think that they're capable of teaching their own kids about Jesus. Right. And they learned that they could do that. And so we had several new volunteers, the next VBS, but I heard so many great comments about from from parents saying that was so fun I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do that Mm. with my child because a lot of them were at home that are normally at work during those times and they can't serve so Mm. I just thought you know that was a great opportunity for our parents that year too so 
One of the things that I find really interesting about children's ministry is that a lot of churches look at the material that they use from a certain publisher and kind of say, you know, well, this is what we use. This is what we sort of center our ministry around. But I think the great thing about doing what you guys have done with vision and mission, it helps you to be able to find the right type of material to meet the needs that you have, because not any publishing house can meet every need that you possibly have. Mm -hmm. But has this process really changed the way you look and evaluate the material that you use for Sunday school for Wednesday night Bible study? It did. It did. We were using pretty much the same publisher for, for much of our stuff prior to 2018. And that was when we started making some changes because what we were finding out was they were doing some of the same Bible stories Mm -hmm. and our kids were, they would know the Bible stories and they could tell you about it and they were getting really bored with everything. Mm -hmm. So what we did, uh, we went back to a missions curriculum um, specifically for boys and girls. We had we had put them together prior to that, but now we have them separated boys and girls and they're, we have good leaders for each one of those groups. Um, so we, we, they do a lot of missions with them by themselves. So that's creating those opportunities for them to get out and do things and also learn that they can be missionaries right here where they are. Right. Um, Sunday morning, we, we use the same um, publisher, but we switched curriculum. So um right. You know, we started in Genesis and it's taken them through the Bible. So and so with that, they're learning that this is one big story, which goes along with what we're doing here. So we've got that one big story Um, and, and our kids are loving it. And then on Sunday mornings in 2020, we switched over to an apologetics for our worship time. Right. And because the thing that God brought to my attention was that in this, this world, mm-hmm. our kids have to know how to defend their faith. Right. And it, it has laid some great groundwork for, you know, why should we trust the Bible? Um, you know, all of these different stories that are in the Old Testament, how do they point to Jesus? All those kinds of things. And our kids are getting it. And we have had since we've done that change, we've done those changes. We've had more baptisms in our children's department than we've had in the rest of the church. Um, They're just getting it and they are understanding it and they're able to tell you why they believe what they believe. And so I just think that in doing that, it's just kind of changed the direction that we were going. Yes. But our, our leaders are seeing the fruit of that. And so they're more invested in it. I don't know. It's just, it's been some great things that have come out of that, but yes, this definitely made us go back and kind of look at how is each one of these things that we're doing affecting the other ministries that we have. And so those were some of the changes we, that came out of that. And I know it takes a lot of time to do that, to really look at scope and sequence and to really figure out what are you wanting to make sure that you're including for your kids to learn? Um, Because like I said a minute ago, no publishing house with one curriculum is going to cover everything you're wanting to teach. You have to be familiar with the different types of scope and sequence that they have in different material. And so I think it's really wise that you guys have done that. All right. So as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up, um, do you have any final thoughts or final insights for us on this whole big process? 
Well, I mean, I think the only thing that I would add to this is, and I don't remember who this quote is from, but at the end of the day, the value and strength of your leadership is measured by how well that you follow. I'm not saying that every ministry in the church needs to do this, but for sure you need to know what your vision is for your church. You need to know what your mission is and your values, because what will happen is if you're not following this, you're going to have a a ministry that's going to be a silo that's not going in the same direction of everybody else. And and that's that's not going to help you. It's not going to help your ministry. It's not going to help your church. And, you know, if you think about it, Jesus followed God's vision. And the disciples followed Jesus's vision and they were able to to change the world. And I mean, we're still learning from from their wisdom today. So we have to be able to follow what's been put in place with your church and with what you all are doing, because that is the only way. Um, you know, you always say teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but for real, everybody has to be serving and trying to follow this thing, if you are going to build and grow and, and make that vision, that big God plan come true in your church and in your community. I'm so very impressed with you, Shelly, not just because of the mindfulness that you have put into your ministry and looking at the big picture and really being able to plan, but also your heart to really do do what what God has called your ministry to do and to really seek his guidance and then to be able to articulate that to your leadership and to your volunteers, to minister to your kids and to your families. And so it's, it's a real encouragement to hear um, you talk about that today. Well, thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity to share it. You know, none of these things I'm, I am perfect at, and I don't think God expects us to be perfect. I think he just expects us to do the best that we can with the gifts and abilities we have. And hopefully, hopefully that's, you know, that's my goal. That's my desire is, is to just, is to follow him and and do the things that he's called me to do while I'm here until he calls me to do something else. (laughs) Shelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just such an important topic and we really appreciate your willingness to share. Well, Dr. Virginia, it was so fun to have Shelly join us today. And I think just the information that she shared with us was so helpful and really, she really did a great job. We are so glad that you joined us today, friends, that you are here to hear the conversation and hopefully you've learned something from it and you've gleaned some information from it. And we were just thinking too, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for you to find help in this area. If you are struggling with figuring out how to do your vision, how to figure out a mission. Um, We know that uh, LifeWay's Ministry Grid has a lot of information about this. We know other publishers have put out a lot of information about creating vision, creating mission, creating um, a scope and sequence and all of that type of thing. So you can, can find lots of resources out there. We also know that your local association or your church leadership probably has a lot of information on this topic and maybe even someone on staff that can help you to begin this process. So we hope if you haven't ever taken time to create a vision, to look at your mission, to to set up a a scope and sequence for what you want to be teaching your children, that you um, think about that and pray about that and see where God leads you. We appreciate you subscribing to YouTube. We appreciate uh, you following us on Podbean or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We finally gotten caught up. All of our episodes are on all of our platforms (laughs) at this point. So I'm very excited about that. That was quite the process to learn. 
Um, yeah, good job, have, Valerie. I still have quite a learning curve on all of this, but we are figuring it out. Um, I know that Virginia is very active on Pinterest. I have this week set up our um, Instagram account Yay. and I'm hoping to be more active on Instagram because I do love that platform. So hopefully you will find a place where you can plug in and connect with us. We would love for you to send us comments, um, for you to email us with suggestions on things that you would like to hear us talk about, because we really want to meet you where you are. And so Virginia, it was fun today. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>